I eventually just got to a space where like, you know, there's, there's, there's evolution here. Like the vibrations that I'm feeling about this is not good. Like there, obviously there's technology. People are able to do this. Like, why am I resisting this so much? Mm-hmm. You know? And I just got to a point where, you know, I was like, this is like what I see myself as. And yeah, it's a desire. Yeah, it's a way I want to look, but it's going to make me happier. This is Unconditioning. Discovering the voice within. With Whitney Ann Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of Unconditioning. Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week I have with me Donnie Donovan. Donnie and I met in a really kind of interesting, unique way. We met at a bar in Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh called Spirit, and it was this thing called the Rock Lottery where there were a pool of musicians that entered into this lottery and we were divided randomly into different original bands and we were given 24 hours to write three original songs and one cover and the next night we all came back to the bar and the different bands played for each other and for the public it was really an interesting and exhausting, but really rewarding experience. And so going into that experience, we had no choice but to be completely authentically ourselves in order to be able to write three original songs in that length of time and put everything together. And Donnie, I remember just being super comfortable in that authenticity. Donnie also is part of a couple of bands. One is Harkin. And the other is Dinosoul, which was formed with Carolyn, Donnie's partner. And Donnie is also transgender and recently had top surgery. And so I thought it was a really great time to bring Donnie on to give a platform and frankly, just celebrate the dedication to authenticity that went into that decision. I learned a lot from this conversation. And so I'm excited to share this with you. So... Here's Donnie. So how have, how have things been in Pittsburgh? They've been pretty good. I mean, I opened my own personal training studio in March last year. So that's been my main focus and just, you know, the emotional roller coaster of keeping my business <laughs> throughout the pandemic has been where my energy has gone. Yeah. Have you been able to maintain clients through this time? Yeah. So, I mean, some people convert it virtually and that's been really cool. And then when I, you know, had the shutdown for three months, I didn't see anybody that was like May or that was like March through May. And then there was another shutdown at the end of December. And I've been able to see, you know, a decent amount of people in little pockets here and there um, in person, you know, with the COVID regulations. I haven't been able to do too much music, you know. I've been more of a listener this yeah. whole past year, just really listening to music and exploring different genres. What have you learned through listening to the, to the music instead of playing out? Is there anything specifically that you've learned from actively listening to other music? 
during this time? I've learned how melodic a vocal can become. Just exploring more hip hop and exploring more, I would say like pop and R&B that I, you know, I'm just really loving it, <laughs> um, you know, instead of just like the rock cadence um, of like vocal lyrics and things like that. But I just, yeah, I'm just just really appreciating the ranges vocals can, like vocalists mm-hmm. reach and writing songs from that point instead of like putting chords down and like even a drum and then just thinking a little bit outside the box as far as like coming up with a melody vocally before even having the chords yeah cool so to to get more into your process um i feel like i want to go back to the beginning of you a little more um so we can get through your story because i feel like you have a lot to talk about and a lot of wisdom to share especially this past year with everything that you've gone through so when was the first time that you realized that you had an inner voice of your own whether it was related to your music or just you as a person? Do you have a significant Uh, moment? I mean, hmm. Well, when I was about 22 is really when I started to write music. And I think just being a queer person and all the anger I've had inside because of, you know, just suppressing that part of me. Mm -hmm. you know, I was able to write and write a lot. And I think that's whenever after grad school and that, you know, that's when I became a songwriter, really, I didn't play guitar, like when I was younger or anything felt like I kind of that's where I found my voice. When I was about 22. I was also going through like, you know, I was I was experimenting in like vegetarianism and like, sustainability. So there was like a whole worldly kind of humanitarian save the world vibe going on too (laughs) yeah so yeah and just you know writing about things that having just such a strong desire and and an appreciation for like love but not being able to like actually express that you know Mm -hmm. is able to when did the anger begin for you as you stated as was that related to being a queer person or was that related to other things Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is like a little bit unconscious where like, you know, I was definitely not accepting myself too. you know, just hiding who I was first as someone who was gay and then then next, you know, someone who's, you know, non-binary and and trans. And so there's many layers to it. It's kind of just coming back full circle, but you're just kind of upset. And you don't even know why, but it's really because you can't be yourself. You know, all the little nuances of how you have to kind of, you know, live your life and like pretend you're someone you're not or not be too, too gay or, you know what I mean? Like this is all when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, in your early 20s, you know, things are a lot d- different now, but it was, I didn't really come out until I was about 18. And then when I went to college, it was a Catholic college. So you know too many like gay people there and you know I played on the soccer team and I ended up dating my best friend in college but like we were kind of secret the whole time so I think just that like not living your full expression of who you love and how you love just like builds you know and so I think that's where some of my shame like the shame that I have and was taught that became the anger you know 
Yeah. So my first project was a band called Roulette Waves, and it was it was like angsty, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. How did you know that music was a, an outlet for you, in order to kind of find your authenticity? Was there a specific person that introduced you? Was music a part of your life since you were a child? Um, yeah, it's always been a part of my life. Like I was a drummer, and I would you know learn how to play drums listening to all the songs, whether it was like hip hop and like Nelly or something like that. And then, then moving into like the Lincoln Park and then like into the emo world, like taking back Sunday and Paramore. But I would always be like playing drums. So music was, you know, just relating to the lyrics that mm -hmm. people, you know, were singing. And I did write songs, like I wrote songs, but it they were never like, I never played in a band. And then eventually you know just my high school buddy Aiden we just decided to start really jamming and then writing songs and he was someone who like was like sure and we it was like my first band Roulette Waves that you know that we were in a band together yeah how and what, at what age were you when you were in Roulette Waves um 22 yeah 22 23 so right yeah. around the time where you were starting to accept your authenticity a little more into the world? Yeah, definitely. At that point in time, you know, I was dating women and like out about it, you know what I mean? Um, and because even in college, I, I don't know, I think I pretended to date a guy or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it, just stuff like that where you're just like, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> this is just so confused. But at that point, like I would, you know, I had a partner, but then we ended up breaking up. And if I were to date people at that point in time, I was like, I know who I want to date. This is who I'm attracted to. At that time, I was identifying as a female. But as I, when I was a kid, I mean, I just knew. I knew I was trans. Like, the, there's no question. So that's like another whole thing. You know, yeah, you kind probably. of fit into place. And then you finally realize this isn't really who you are at all. You know, mm -hmm. did you find that as you were being able to be more free as yourself, that your writing changed with your music? I think it became like more psychological and more like universal, especially when I started writing um, in for Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just more about like spirituality and just like different concepts of like truth and and owning who you are just you know whether you know you, you understanding your feelings and letting things flow and it was more just about that maybe a little bit of love but <laughs> it wasn't necessarily about like relationships it was more about the self and connecting with others so that was like the maturity as far as writing went but that, that, at that point, I was probably like 26 or 25. Yeah. I remember going to see a dino soul show in like the basement of some like plant shop or something in Lawrenceville. Oh, yeah. Like at the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's come yeah, that a long was, way. Uh, yeah. City grows. They're still there. Yeah. I actually worked there for a little bit as a, you know, plant doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's the the taking care of the planet thing again. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a physical trainer. Mm -hmm. So how does that relate into everything than what you do? Because you're, the body is a way to express yourself also. And so is that connected to 
almost a spirituality thing and being able to express yourself? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've always been a very like physical person as far as just, I, I connect pretty well with my body. I like the sense things, even if it's like pain, like pushing myself, running, and even lifting weights and like seeing really, seeing how far my body can go but in a healthy way at this point <laughs> in my life. You know, I'm not trying to hurt myself and push myself too far, but yeah, I definitely, I think, you know, working out for me is definitely more for just like mental health and, and just self care. Mm -hmm. it, that's my self care is like, you know, lifting or running or doing yoga or even meditation that that's my form. It's very, you know, physical self care, but also just like with my transition, in, in working out and kind of shaping the body that I wanted it to be and look like and feel like really helped to set myself to just visualizing mm -hmm. how I wanted to. It sounds kind of superficial, but at the same time, it's the body that I want and I know that I can achieve it and I feel good. I feel good yeah. in it, you know, and it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes it's in a healthy way, you know, right. yeah. like, like literally I, just had a milkshake you know so i'm not you know what i mean so but it's just been and i think the more you don't force your body to do things the better it's it's, it's almost like a discipline with your body but you're always gentle and mindful but at the same time you're you're maintaining your tempo is what i call it mm -hmm. and you're also you know gonna feel good in your own body you know when you do physical activity and it doesn't even have to be like five days a week working out it could be whatever whatever a person enjoys you know even if it's hiking or there's so many different types of you know horseback riding you know there's so many different types of fitness and right activities so taking the physical aspects into your decision process for having top surgery, can you talk about that process of deciding those things a little bit? Yeah. So everybody, you know, everyone, I'll just be clear that like everybody who is trans or decides to do different things with their body, like everyone's journey is different, but this is just specifically mine and what I went through. But yeah, I really honestly, so I was 29 when I got top surgery and that's, I don't know actually if it's early or late, really. I haven't looked at statistics, <laughs> but like for me, knowing for how long I wanted to do it, mm -hmm. it was definitely late. You know, I, I knew this when I was like 22, probably, you know, um, but I was just kind of like observing, seeing what other people would do, seeing how society would accept it. You know, I was definitely, you know, I knew I wanted it, but I didn't ju just jump right in. But I definitely struggled because even with music, like I was, you know, reading more like, I would say not, not, not exactly like Buddhism books, mm -hmm. but I was, you know, kind of into that realm of like spirituality or religion. Yeah. And there, there were definitely moments where I was kind of like, okay, if this is my body and my, there's a desire to look a certain way, like it was kind of messing me up a little bit where mm -hmm. I was like, accepting myself but also not accepting myself and it's just it's such a hard place to be in because a part of me would just be like why can't you just be happy with the body that you have and not in like a god gave you this body right. way mm -hmm. but just in a way where like acceptance 
And it kind of like held me back in a way where I was so into like taming my desires, but not fulfilling how I want to express myself. Mm. And it took me a while to like, and not, I don't think any, everyone goes through this. Some people are really like, wow, you were really kind of mentally like challenging for you. But like, it really was because I just battled so much kind of spirit, spiritually about mm-hmm. like, why can't I just accept my body and, and naturally in like quotations, like get to where I want to go. Because realistically, I, when I train clients, the truth is some of the people that I see have neurological problems and conditions and uh, challenges. And here I am telling them that you're not your body. You're more than your body, right? Mm, yeah. Here I am trying feeling, to fix my body. You're feeling like a fraud almost in a way. Yeah. And like, it was really, uh, it's such a mind. But I eventually just got to a space where like, you know, there's 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 evolution here. Like the vibrations that I'm feeling about this is not good. Like there obviously there's technology. People are able to do this. Like, why am I resisting this so much, mm-hmm. you know? And I just got to a point where, you know, I was like, this is like what I see myself as. And yeah, it's a desire. And yeah, it's a way I want to look, but it's going to make me happier. And not in a way where like, because, you know, there would be people that would tell me things like statistically, you know, people that have top surgery are still depressed and sad after they get it. And I'm like, okay, I know that. But like, there's a different layer to it. I know that like mental health is like one thing. And then there's like gender dysphoria. And then on top of that, there's also like body dysphoria. And I think a lot of people have that in general. So I just, you know, finally committed to it because I would search about it. I would like follow all these trans men in their journeys and just like kind of live vicariously through them, (laughs) you know, and follow all these people. And yeah and I just went through with it and I was definitely scared because I was like I could die you know I I'm gonna go under here you know I flew to Florida I paid out of pocket for this surgery you know I saved yeah. up money it was a big big thing but I've just I've never like I've never looked at my boobs before like mm-hmm. I just would avoid that area like when I would look in the mirror or just even being intimate with someone it was just like ignore that part of me you know <laughs> And now it's like, I love my chest. It, it feels like they never were there. Like I do have a picture of me before and I just look at it and it's like, oh my God, like it just, it doesn't even like feel like me. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of my journey. I definitely struggled like in a spiritual way of like, you're not your body, right? You know, you're a soul, you're a spirit, you're a light, you know, but there was like this expression just feeling good like as a physical being well you're you're also like you're you're so deeply connected to that spiritual side of you it seems but you're also having to live within this reality Mm -hmm. so it it makes a sense that you would want to not take that road yeah did you feel like an energetic shift whenever like after the surgery like yeah i mean i definitely i feel that i'm i don't even like the word happier. I just feel like, I mean, my posture is better. I'm always a little shy, you know, mm-hmm. although I guess I'm not shy right now. But <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I just I walk up. I'm not like hiding my body like, you know, and I wore a binder for like three years, which probably made me angry, too, <laughs> because it's so Ooh, tight and restricting. Yeah. 
and like also the way it would sit under my shirt you could like see like what what is this person wearing you know it just like uh, it was really restricting and I was like I can't go one more summer wearing this thing because it was just like and when you would take it off my shoulder would like I'd have to like squeeze out of it it was you know but I I respect anyone who obviously wears a binder I just I was like hurting my body wearing it but oh crap what was your question (laughs) (laughs) um I was just asking like if you felt an energetic shift like from from the top surgery I mean I I feel like my boobs are a burden sometimes even like not wanting to transition so I'm just curious about like like that feeling energetically of just being able to like move more freely and lighter and oh yeah yeah I definitely yeah I feel like I said my posture is better I, I do feel lighter I feel you know I'm definitely still trying to like you know test the waters with like and it's it's some it's a confidence thing you know I've been able to post videos and photos with me without my shirt on but like and I've ran outside a couple times last year without my shirt on but it's still like, it's something I'm still working on that mm-hmm. confidence to like, just like be like, okay, like here I am, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely felt and still feel an energetic shift, just a lightness. And, but, you know, talking about you and your chest, you know, it made me think too, like after getting the surgery, I actually had one, one of my clients, I th- she might move forward with it. She wants to get, you know, a breast reduction. And Mm -hmm. then I had clients before that did get, you know, breast implants. And like, after really seeing how it can affect people, people can do whatever they want with their body. You know what I mean? And I don't know, I've just like, after like, not judging myself so much anymore, not that I, I mean, everyone does probably judge other people. But like, I I just like, I'm just, I don't judge people anymore for anything that they want to do with their body. And it was, it was kind of fun talking to my clients about like, yeah, what do you like? Not that like everyone should just get like a bunch of plastic (laughs) surgery or something, you know, if there's things that you, you know, would feel comfortable doing and, you know, you've thought about it and, you know, I definitely just see, see this a little bit differently now. Yeah. You know, whatever someone wants to do, you know, and so, and it's, it's, it's kind of strange that the shame that's a part of all of it, you know? There, there has been a couple of people that have, you know, I think they love me, but, but they're, you know, why'd you do that to your body? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, stuff like that. And I have a couple people that are like, you're not going to do tea, right? Or like, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't want to right now. But like, if I did, like, I hope you would still be okay with that, right. you know, because yeah. there are a lot of people that do and that's yeah I mean if you were doing something that helps you connect to yourself to make you feel genuine then they should love you for wanting to do that I feel yeah this might be a difficult question and I'm not sure exactly how to ask it (laughs) but being trans and also so connected with your spirituality how do you connect that to with the divine feminine and divine masculine yeah I mean I think that, I mean, everybody thinks things differently, but I I really think, I think everyone has both energies, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I don't want to lose like any of my femininity, but at the same time, I think we even put like too many constructs on what masculine energy is and what feminine energy is. 
as it's like I was thinking about this the other day it was like just like very generic things like oh if you work out more that's more masculine well, when do we, when do we decide like doing physical things is masculine Mm-hmm. What if it's really not? What if it's nurturing, you know, or how you eat or, you know, there's a lot of characteristics to either side, but we all hold all, you know, both all of it, you know, and we make it so like physical too. Like I want to be able to be in touch with my nerd. I would say, I guess, I don't even really know. I should probably look at more of the terms of what like masculine energy really is and feminine energy really is. But yeah, I guess like, physically to society I might look a little more masculine but there's so many ways you can kind of like that energy that's just physically how you know how how do you express yourself with you know Mm -hmm. other things and yeah I I definitely embrace both you know and I hope I hope that even the most macho men can embrace a caring nurturing side and the most caring nurturing people can embrace like a I don't even know if this is really masculine energy but a you know a assertive um mm-hmm. protector yeah type thing you like know? a container for safety and I I personally feel that like everything has both of it in and it's constantly flowing together and it's difficult to separate them yeah yes so yeah and like I think we just like I don't know it's hard because I I feel both of those energies but we put words to them and then we like box those words in you know like is like protectiveness is it masculine or is it feminine you know like or just any word you know because it can be both Um, or even nurturing because like Right. Well, even looking at uh, languages, like the the romance languages and having things be feminine or masculine, it goes way back. Yeah, I think we need to kind of like, I mean, I would like to explore those two concepts, like the yin and the yang in that kind of way. And then just also just the divine femininity and like masculinity, you know, like really understanding. I think the physical form is what skews everything. You know what I mean? like getting your nails done what does that mean you know like or your you know right yeah because i mean i'm you if you look at different cultures like i I mean i don't know too much about different cultures don't quote me on anything but like they use a lot of like makeup and paints and jewelry and like different Mm -hmm. clothing and like it's like well is that feminine or is that masculine or you know, like the different skirts and things yeah. like that's like just... an expression of both of those at the same time. It's like our whole entire being through creativity is being expressed. Yeah. And then you're in like modern America and it's like dress, female, pants, male, you know, <laughs> like literally like or whatever. Right. It's like, OK, which it, is it, it's in and it's been like that for so long or you know and it's like well when do we decide that you know as those things right and then we also have to live in this we can try to change it but that's not going to happen overnight so yeah. things like you getting the top surgery to feel more comfortable in your authentic self to perhaps help us to progress to help understand and allow people to accept it more like you talking about this is a way for you to share it yeah so other people can be accepting of it or be like oh wait I can do that too yeah no yeah that's I mean that's what helped me is really just all the people and like I'm so thankful for you know 
anyone that has fought for all of all of our rights and are still moving it forward you know that's just we just got to keep fighting for everything and equality to its fullest i know that you also have a pop-up like sober bar experience yes so carolyn and dinosaur um her and i um probably like three years ago we we started kind of this pop-up sober bar and we would host events different locations and we kind of you know have a a nightlife experience we would have some musicians or you know a dj come or we would take over do you remember bantha t-bar did you go there ever um maybe probably it's in garfield but there we would um once a month take over their t-bar and just host these you know sober events we haven't done anything in a long time, but we actually recently have been able to do some virtual like conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really cool. We've been partnering with our friend, Cassie, who operates this community kind of virtual experience called Mir. And she like has these different workshops. But yeah, so the Sober Bar pop-ups, we never got a like actual location because well, COVID happened and we didn't know the right, you know, what direction we really wanted to go, but we, we would cater some events as well and have our own events. And basically it was from sometimes seven to midnight or a little after we had some new years to some sober new year's parties. And it would just be a space that didn't serve alcohol and everyone was welcome. And some people, you know, might've gone to the bar and then came, but, and were able to kind of you know, not drink anymore, or, you know, someone was just looking for not being around that, uh, you know, and having more chill night. So we tried to provide that space. And a lot of people that do go to the events, you know, are part of AA, or just there to also support their friends. Some people are just sober curious, mindful drinkers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are just like taking a month off and want to still socialize. So there's a whole range of people that come. Yeah, that's amazing, especially in a a culture like Pittsburgh where drinking is so prevalent. Yeah, the sports. Yeah, Yeah. how was that received? Do you have Um, plans for after COVID? Yeah, I mean, it was received really well, honestly. We, We definitely... Whenever, before COVID, we had a couple events a month. We had, actually, there is a wedding we might cater later this year. Um, See, we were thinking about, you know, getting into some weddings. Two people want to have sober options. And and Carolyn, she makes these syrups herself. And there's a couple of different drinks that she makes. So they're like mocktails. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's definitely... Uh, it was it was definitely well received. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, um, we just we've only been able. To, well, we did that one virtual event a couple weeks ago, but we haven't been able to really do too much. And that's why collaborating with Mir has been helpful because we're just definitely not the best or the most experienced with that kind of virtual community um, platform. So, but honestly, you know, the places where drinking is you know, more socially acceptable or the places where people are also needing it the most, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially just with the statistics in this city um, with like addiction and even just overdoses. 
I think we have one of the highest, uh, it came out a couple of years ago, but I don't know if it still is, but of over overdoses mm-hmm. um, in the country. And even people that do come to Empath, they, they also, some of them are, are also in NA and other, other groups like that too. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of the whole, the whole um, sphere of that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like everything that you're doing feeds into everything else that you're doing. So you've kind of got a whole like circle of vitality going on. Yeah. And like, you know, just as well as me, you know, like just it's too easy to be in the music industry and just playing shows and and always holding a drink, you know, and it, and there's no judgment and mindful drinking is great, but um, we just wanted to, you know, provide that space and that's all yeah. we're doing. We don't want to really say it's bad or, you know, it's more of like, we're here for you if you need a break or mm-hmm. if you need the support, you yeah. know? So when you get back to being able to do that again and start performing again after having your top surgery, there's an excitement around that, I think, right? To present yourself to the world in this new way. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't even know. Like, I haven't really seen too many of the musicians or people in general. <laughs> um, it's been just more, you know, on the internet, but yeah, I and, and like I don't even know really how I'm gonna move forward with music. Like, I had the two bands, Dinosaur and Harkin, and I'm actually thinking about recording just songs under like Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually gonna record a song with Carolyn and Greg with uh, I don't know if you know Anti Flag, but Chris too uh, was gonna help me record a song. He's in that band and just kind of do a little bit more solo stuff mm-hmm. but like maybe I don't even know if I'll really play too many shows I mean it would be cool to do that but not not like before because that that pressure is just you know finding people yeah. showing yeah. up mm-hmm. and now that I have this business I don't even I, like I really don't know how much time I'm actually going to really have but I absolutely want to be in the music scene because it's just I love music. I want to see what everyone's been doing and what they're up to and creating. But yeah, I think I'm just like, I don't even know, like if Harkin got a show, like I'd have to like relearn my songs, like literally relearn the songs and same with Dinosaur. Like, I don't even remember how to plug things in. Like I, I, we have a backtrack, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be spending like three hours just trying to like figure out how to like plug in things and use the yeah I think there's going to be a definite learning process or relearning or recalibrating (laughs) to like I mean it's not going to be the same as it was and that's probably a good thing in many regards but just finding our own way to continue forward yeah it's like almost like do I like just make new songs so I don't have to learn the old ones (laughs) or just like learn the old ones but like do it in a different way do you do you find that it's difficult for you to play songs that you wrote a long time ago being where you are now yeah for sure especially listening to like doja cat like (laughs) in like different (laughs) artists i'm just like not feeling my own vibes anymore (laughs) not that i'm trying to write music like that because like i could i just don't have that in me but i mean i just 
I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely songs. I'm sure bands always go through it where they're just like, oh, we had to play this song on like our first <laughs> album and everyone wants to hear it, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'll learn my songs, you know, again, but part of me just like wants to almost start over, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it has to do with being lazy and not wanting to learn my songs again or just like, hey, I'm like a new person or yeah. something. I feel it might be that. I feel Yeah. Yeah. The resistance towards going back to the old when you've made yeah. so much progress internally and externally. Yeah, it's it, now that you're really, you're definitely opening something up for me because it is kind of like all those songs were like, had a purpose and stuff but yeah it is it's hard to but it's the same thing you know I was thinking about this when I was writing songs back in the day or whatever but you like you write this song you're freaking sad you're like literally crying and then you're like oh I have to perform this and pretend like I'm <laughs> right. like crying like I did when I wrote it mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like that thing but also like there yeah I feel like there's this like like this ghost that like is like like almost like a layer is like coming off of me yeah and yeah maybe maybe that really is what it is i just want to write new songs <laughs> you know <laughs> i think that's okay i don't think there's a right or wrong way to go about it it's whatever feels appropriate to you yeah and i'm not like famous enough that anyone like obviously <laughs> anyone would be like no you gotta play that song I mean, some some fan might be like, hey, I like this song and actually know it. <laughs> but I don't I mean, I'm not it's not like I'm like, you know, you know, like a famous band switching it up and saying I'm never going to play these shit right. songs again. <laughs> but there, there's a there's a certain beauty to that, though, too, because you can be your own creative vessel and be who you need to be. Yeah. You know? I wonder how uh, what was the band? Oh, Against Me. So I forget her name but the lead singer transitioned and yeah I they probably still played all their songs I wonder how that felt for them you know to be like this band go through a transition mm -hmm. I think her name is Laura Grace or something I should probably know that but yeah she transitioned and um yeah the, against yeah. me it was still the band yeah yeah or maybe there's a way of reframing that time so that it's more peaceful and you don't allow yourself to go back to that but just appreciate it that it was part yeah. of your journey to get to where you are yeah did you see that uh i think halsey just came out as non-binary mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty cool i get updates you know on, the, <laughs> on my instagram well that's progress so yeah little by little awesome there's a question that i usually ask to wrap up the conversation and the question is, if your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world? Oh my gosh. Hmm. I'm like, I, I'm like running. Uh, Take your time. I mean, what's happening in my brain is like, that's whispering and coming through is just like, don't give up on yourself. Mm. Like it's some, that's what's coming through. Like not, you know, don't give up. Like you see that, but like, don't give up on yourself, you know? And I, you know, just, I think that's something like people do in so many ways, like whether it's like staying active or not believing in their creativity or even being like, 
I mean, there was a point with my transition where I was like, ah, oh, next life, I'll get there. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm okay, I'll be here. But next time I come back around, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe that was my, like, challenge to, to like, you know, really evolve in that way. Yeah, allowing yourself to evolve. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, if people would like to find you or your music or your work, where can they find you? Yes. If you want to get fancy with it, I'm an exercise physiologist and I have the Instagram free will PGH. The business is called free will health and wellness. My bands are dinosaur music and Harkin music or just maybe Harkin band. And then Donnie Donovan would be like who I am on. I think it's actually Donnie Dino Donovan. I think that's what my Instagram is. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm absolutely gonna probably release some tunes as Donnie. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it's coming. Yeah. Why not? It's emerging, whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll add all those links into the show notes too, so people can access them easily and yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time... Stay tuned in to you.